Two readings today about vineyards. The first from the prophet Isaiah is technically a song. I wonder what that song would have sounded like. It, maybe in Hebrew it had some rhyme and rhythm to it. I don't know. And then in the gospel, Jesus brings up that same song from Isaiah. The, the people listening to him would have immediately made the connection when he said, there was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Because that's exactly what Isaiah says happens in this vineyard. And there's many, many similarities between these two stories. But there are a few key differences as well. In the first one, in the prophet Isaiah, we hear about these wild grapes, or um, I've been told that perhaps wild is not sufficient. Um, smelly might be a better word, or, you know, they, they're just bad grapes, you know. So they have these bad grapes, and so that is why the whole crop is to be destroyed. But it is very clear to the people of Israel that this is an image for the kingdom of Israel, that this vineyard is an image for the kingdom of Israel. And when bad grapes grow in this kingdom, which everything has been provided for them, God used the choicest seeds. He used the best ground. He built watchtowers so that it can be watched over. Despite all of those things, it still bears these bad grapes, these grapes that are unusable for anything. And it makes me think, actually, we have an example of this right now out in California, all these grape crops that they use to make the wine, many of them are possibly destroyed because of the smoke. It wasn't because they didn't put it in good ground, but it's because this smoke came in and it damaged the grapes. So we may not have a lot of wine out of California this year. But to me, what that says is there are so many things that can affect these grapes, which are standing in for us. The grapes stand in for us. This smoke that comes from outside of us can get in there and cause trouble. But the way that we can withstand it is we can remember to whom we are connected. We are connected to Jesus Christ. Remember, he is the vine. We are simply the branches, or in this case, we are simply the grapes. And each one of us matters because if you look at a grape plant, you know, the grapes, they come in bunches, right? So each one of us has an effect on all of those around us. So we must always remember that Jesus Christ is who we are connected to, and he is who can keep us safe from all of those outside influences so that when we do meet God, he doesn't have this judgment that he has on this vineyard on us. And so this, parab this, this song in Isaiah, this happened prior to one of their exiles. And so they thought they knew what it was talking about. They thought they had fixed things, but they hadn't quite gone far enough because Jesus ups the ante in the gospel today. He brings that song to their minds, and then he adds more to it. And now, instead of us being the grapes, we are those tenants who farm the land. Strictly speaking, when he was telling this parable, it was the Pharisees and those sorts of people. We don't want to be those people who, when God sends his son, rejects him.
And so both of these readings are a warning, saying, remember to whom you are connected. Remember to whom, or remember who gave us this mission that we are all on. Remember why we are here. It's our goal to get to heaven. And to do that, we follow God in all of his ways. And that brings me to St. Paul, who tells us exactly how we can do that today. You know, this letter to the Philippians, it's one of the few letters that Paul wrote where he wasn't upset with things. A lot of letters he had to write, he had to write as a bit of a corrective. But this community of Philippi, I think it was Caesarea Philippi, they were very generous. They lived their faith well. Paul had to say, you guys are sending me an embarrassment of riches. Thank you very much for that. You, you don't have to send it all the time, though, you know. But he is, today he says, have no anxiety. But in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. That is always step one to make sure that whatever we need, whatever is going on in our life, we thank God and we ask him for his assistance. Then he says, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. If we make our prayer to God, if we surrender our life to him in our prayer, he envelops us with this great peace. And when it's a peace that comes from God, there is truly nothing that can disturb it. And so all of this crud going out around us right now, going on around us right now, you know, we've got, I mean, geez, Louise, it's 2020. Can I, do I really need to say any more, right? That's just, I guess for all of history, you can just say, well, it's just like 2020 all over again. And everybody, oh, it's a rough time, huh? <laughs> but everything going on, if we give it to God, he will wrap us in his peace because we will know that this world, it's not all that there is. We are going somewhere better. We are going to heaven. At least that is where we want to be going. And if we follow this way that Jesus Christ has laid out for us, we will certainly go there. And so what is that way? It is the way that is true and honorable, just and pure, lovely and gracious and excellent and worthy of praise. So we, when we run into things that are not true, that are not just, that are not honorable, that are impure, that instead of loving, pre present hate to us, that instead of gratitude, present complaining to us, that instead of excellence, promote laziness. And if, you know, instead of praiseworthiness, again, that complaining. When we have to choose between those things, let us always choose the way of God, that true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, gracious, gracious excellent, and praiseworthy way. When we need a guide on that path, we need no, look no further than the saints. We've got tons of them. We have so many saints, every once in a while we have to do a spring cleaning on our church calendar, you know, <laughs> take a few out and put some new ones in. For example, tomorrow we have the feast of St. Francis of Assisi. 
I think it's technically the feast of the transferring of his body. We celebrate some weird things sometimes. But what did St. Francis of Assisi teach us? We do not need worldly possessions to be happy, to follow God. That if we devote our life to God, that is really all that matters. That's what every single saint teaches us. Go find a saint that speaks to your heart and ask them to show you that way to Jesus Christ. And then we will know that the peace of God will be with us.